Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number nine, and this is a lesson companion podcast. So for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, I invite you to grab your Living Word Summer 2020 student workbook or lesson manual and turn to lesson number three entitled The Lord He Is God. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, I invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we dive into our lesson text today, I just want to tell a personal testimony of something that happened several, several years ago, but it'll set up kind of the topic that we're looking at today, the scripture that we're looking at in Elijah, the life of Elijah in 1 Kings 18. But several years ago, my stepmother was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm. The CAT scan clearly showed that there was a bulge on an artery there near her brain, that there, that, and it was very touch and go. Uh, of course, the doctors were, were nervous about it all because anything could happen, and, and, of course, the results could be devastating. Uh, there was worry in our family. There was genuine concern. We didn't know what was going to happen, so we went to prayer. Uh, their local church went to prayer. We were believing God for a miracle. We were believing God that when she went in for surgery that the, the surgeon's hand would be guided by the Lord and that things would work out and everything would be okay. But you never know those kind of situations. It's just very dangerous, and the results of anything going wrong could just could be just devastating. So after prayer and much prayer for the next a little while, she went in to the hospital. They got her prepped for everything, but they wanted to do one more scan before they went in and did the surgery. After the scan was over, they had brought her back to the room, and the doctor came in a few minutes later and began to talk to them. And he told them, he said, I don't know what's happened. He said, but the scans that we took just a few minutes ago, we cannot find an aneurysm anywhere. We do not know what's happened. Well, of course, we knew what had happened the power of God to intervene, and God had worked a miracle in her life and in our family. We were so grateful for it. And it's just those kind of things that God does that turns people's attention to Him, and people recognize afresh and anew. Those that believe in God recognize fresh and anew that God is in charge and God is in control. But it's also a testimony to those who don't believe in God or may have no relationship with the Lord. And they see these things happen and something inside of them lets them know that the Lord is God, that he is on the throne. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to look at this lesson entitled, The Lord, He is God. All right, let's look at our text here today, 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to read beginning at verse 30 and go down to verse 39. 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning at verse 30. You'll follow along in your student workbook, your lesson manual, or in your Bible. 1 Kings 18 verse 30 says, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. 
And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, Do it again the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And here's our focus verse, verse 39. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. God is God alone and has all power. I want to look at this passage, these few verses, and I want to draw three key themes from them, some things that we could focus on this week in our personal time of devotion and prayer throughout the week, something that you can turn your heart towards that can help you as you live this week in honor and service to the Lord your God. If we look at 1 Kings 18 and those first few verses, verses 30 through 32, let me read them again to you. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. It's interesting here that the Bible tells us Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. There was perhaps already an altar that had been built here at some time in the past. And Elijah worked to repair it. And it goes on to say that he added stones and built. So there's either an altar that was had already been there and had been broken down. Or he was, it's just kind of describing how he's, he's building an altar that didn't really exist. Most likely there was an altar there. And Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I want to ask you today, are there any altars that need repaired in your life? Is there anything that's broken down that once was an altar to the Lord, that once was a commitment or a consecration to God, but because of life and time and things that have just happened, that there are some things that are broken down that need repair? Are there any altars that need repair in your life? I believe that in most of our lives, there's some altars that need broken down. 
There are idols in our lives. There are things that have taken precedence over our walk with God and our relationship with Him. And there's probably some altars that need broken down. But there is one that needs repaired and made ready for use. And maybe it was a consecration you had years gone by that just not quite where it used to be. Maybe you remember some days uh, in your past where you really had a prayer life and you had a, a daily walk with God that was very close and you longed to get back to that. Well, this week you can take time and repair an altar in your life. Maybe there's some that need broken down in your life. Maybe there's some idols. Maybe there's some things that are, that are crowding out your walk with God. Let's break those down. But as Elijah, let's repair the altar of the Lord that's been broken down over time. We need an altar in our life. And it's more than just a physical one like Elijah uh, repaired here in this passage. But there are some things we need to build in our lives, build in our hearts that will be a testimony to the relationship that we have with God. So are there altars that need repaired in your life? It's time to repair them and build them up this week. Let's look at the next few verses, verses 33 to 35. And Elijah put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar and he filled the trench also with water. To me, this passage, what stood out to me, it's very interesting that after he puts the wood on the altar and he cuts up the bullock, and he cuts up this animal in pieces and lays it across the wood, then he turns to those that were helping him and he told them this, pour it on the burnt sacrifice. Now, if I'm missing something here, I don't believe Elijah burned that sacrifice before he laid it on the altar. I don't believe he he lit the thing on fire and got it going before he prays here in the next few verses. But the way I see this is that Elijah was calling that sacrifice already burnt before it was ever burnt. This tells me that a sacrifice becomes a sacrifice before it's ever offered as a sacrifice. What do I mean by that? A sacrifice, a true sacrifice, a real sacrifice, is a sacrifice first in the heart before it's ever a sacrifice in the physical world. So let me ask you, is there anything the Lord is asking of you to sacrifice to Him? Is there anything that God's asking you to give up, to give to Him, to lay down and surrender to Him? Is there anything that the Lord's asking you to sacrifice to Him? And it's more than just what we do in the physical. I think there are many times we offer things in the physical that we really haven't offered in our hearts just yet. And it just becomes more of a show. There's so many Christians that offer so many things for show, but really inside their hearts aren't really consecrated towards that. They haven't really sacrificed it inside. And that's why the sacrifices never last. 
That's why they're more uh, fleeting, and they seem to be, but they, they never take root. It's never something, because it's not first in the heart. A sacrifice becomes a sacrifice before it's ever offered. It's got to be something that we got to get down inside of our heart before we ever make it visible in the physical world. A sacrifice isn't something we just do off the top of our head. It's not, it's, not a, it's not something we do because we think it's a good idea. It's not something we do because we're pressured into it. It's not something we do really even when you hear somebody preach and you're convicted. And it's, it's not just that. It's got to take place deep in the heart before it's ever manifested in the spiritual world. Yes, conviction from preaching can be the catalyst. I've also seen, I've seen it in my life, convicted to do something, convicted, felt convicted of the Holy Ghost. And I make a, I make a choice and I do it out of, out of feeling and out of, out of and, and it's, it's genuinely a desire of mine, but it doesn't last because I really didn't let it take root in my heart. I, th- I think I think this can also be applied in in how we sometimes in, in these these days rush people through repentance, because we want to get them to the the water and get them baptized in Jesus' name, and we want to pray them through the Holy Ghost, and and we never let them fully repent. I mean, there's there's no magic formula to it. There's no special words you have to say. There's no flowery prayer you have to pray, specific prayer you have to pray. To truly repent, it's got to affect the heart. There's got to be something that happens on the inside that we cannot see. But if it really happens on the inside, it will manifest itself on the outside. So for a sacrifice to really be a sacrifice... It's got to first take place in the heart before it ever does in the physical world. So now, with that frame of reference, let me re-ask the question. Is there anything the Lord is asking of you to sacrifice to Him? Not something just for show. Not something just to get out there and say that you did it. But it's something in your heart that God's asking of you. And God's pulling at you. Is there anything He's asking to sacrifice? then let's get it done in the heart first. Let's make that a burnt sacrifice before we ever light it on fire. Let's sacrifice that to Him. All right, now let's look at these final few verses and this last topic we can focus on and think about this upcoming week. Let's look at verses 36 through 39. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near, and this is what he prayed. He said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. I want you to recognize something in this passage. As Elijah knelt down, well, it doesn't say he knelt, but it does say he turned his face towards heaven, and he called upon the name of the Lord. And he called upon the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, 
and of Israel. This sacrifice, this faith he projected, this prayer he prayed, these things, sacrifice and faith and prayer, will pave the way for others to see the Lord. These things, this sacrifice, pray, faith, and prayer, get us out of the way so that others see Jesus through us. That's what I want to ask you today. This last question, we look at this passage, we look towards this upcoming week and how we can please God, how we can, how we can grow in Him and this discipleship in our lives. Do others see Jesus through you? This is what Elijah was praying. He was praying that, Lord, let all these things, let, let it be known that you're God in Israel, and that I'm your servant, that I've done all these things at your word. Get me out of the way. I, I want people to see you. I, I've, I've created this sacrifice. I've put this out there. I've, I, I've, I've, I've made this, this sacrifice before you. I've, I've laid it there. I've made it even impossible that man could do this. God, I, I ask you, I want people to see you, not me. Too long people are seeing me. I want them to see you. Let them know that you're God. Let them know you've been working through me. Let them know that you're the one that's in charge. Do others see Jesus through you? Do others see Jesus through your actions, through your sacrifice, through your faith, through your prayer? Are they pay, is that paving the way so that others can see Jesus through you? And of course, when he prayed that prayer, and he said, God, I want you to be glorified. I want people to see you. I want people to know that you're the one at work. The Bible says the fire of the Lord fell and consumed that burnt sacrifice. And the wood and the stones and the dust licked up the water. And when everybody saw what had happened, everybody said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Now, they might not have had a... a a complete revelation of who God was. They just knew he was the God. They just knew he was more powerful than anything they'd ever experienced. They'd never seen anything like it. And they might, the people around you might not get a full revelation at the very first of who God really is. But if they see through your sacrifice, faith, and prayer, they see Jesus. They're going to know he's unlike any other thing they've ever experienced in their lives. And they're going to truly see him for who he really is. Here's some takeaways, some calls to action for this week. As we think on 1 Kings 18, verses 30 through 39. It's time to build an altar in your life this week. Build an altar in your home. Take some time and, and establish an altar. Your kids can see, this is where we pray, that our home is a place where God is glorified. Build an altar in your life. Build an altar in your home. This week, Set your heart, number two, to surrender and sacrifice. Anything that is between you and the Lord, if we really want to grow, we really want to become disciples of Jesus Christ, we really want to grow and know Him more, then we need to sacrifice and surrender anything that comes between us and the Lord. And then lastly, this week, every day, let Jesus shine through you. If you find yourself pride or whatever, I, I, there's times I find pride uh, becoming just too much. And I realize people aren't seeing Jesus through me. And I've got to surrender. I've got I've to repent. I've got to put that behind because I, I, I need people. I want people to see Jesus through me. So build an altar this week in your life. Surrender and sacrifice anything that's broke between you and the Lord. And lastly, 
daily, every day. Let Jesus shine through you. Dear Lord, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you have all power, that you alone are God, and we can trust you. That when things are difficult and when things seem impossible and we need a miracle, we know who to turn to because you're a God of miracles. You're a God of all power. We surrender our lives to you. We want you to be seen through us. We want you to be seen through our lives. God, if there's anything in between me and you, I pray that you would you would take it, that I, I, I repent of it, I surrender it. I don't want it to be between you and me. I want to draw close to you. I want to be an altars built in my life. I want my family to know that you're first, and I want them to be taught how to put you first in their lives. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for this story in Scripture that is, that is challenging us to draw close to you, to surrender and sacrifice what we need to, to draw close to you, and to challenge us to let you be seen through each one of our lives. Guide us and direct us this week. Keep your hand upon us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.